and then give us a thumbs up then when those pages are connected, please, so I can let the viewers and listeners know. Guys, good to be with you on a Wednesday. Thank you kindly for bearing with us through our um, technical difficulties. Jude is connecting things on his end, and we will be live across the network here in a matter of moments. We are live on our substantial Facebook pages here, including my specific, my personal Facebook page with 6,200 followers. The I Love Seville Facebook page, J-Dubs, is live, which is good. Um, the I Love Seville group which is an additional, and food, which is an additional 20,000 plus. Jason Howard, welcome to the show. Um, LinkedIn is ready to rock and roll. That's good. Take a look at the screen, guys, as we talk headlines from Election Day. Twitter is live? Okay. Thank you. Um, where do we begin? Yesterday... And election day, I think, is as anyone who has voted in Almaro County votes went as expected. Um, not a single independent or conservative candidate won in Almaro County yesterday. The Democrats and the Democratic Party of Albemarle County has every reason to right now scream from the top of Carter's Mountain, we dominated, we dominated, we dominated. We put a campaign strategy together for candidates that exceeded expectations at a time when a post-Glenn Youngkin governor's win Folks in Almaro, the Commonwealth, and Central Virginia were considering or thinking that the tide had gotten more purple and less blue. Last night showed that was not the case. I'm going to talk response and reaction from Election Day today from a school standpoint, from an economy standpoint, from a housing standpoint and from a what to expect now that we're 364 days removed from the next election. If you look at the headlines that are on screen, you will see candidate names and their vote counts next to their name. Then we included the percentage or the delta of victory. You see Spillman versus Bryce. The number next to Allison Spillman is her total vote count of 24,174 votes. Meg Bryce, her total vote count of 14,815 votes, a disparity of darn near close to 10,000, and a delta of 24%, and I'm rounding up slightly. The engagement or the total votes for Spillman and Bryce's vote, Spillman and Bryce's contest, their election, the top turnout of any race, except for probably the least marquee of all races, the soil and water conservation director in the Thomas Jefferson District, which got 44, 45,000 people voting. That was one of those um, 
opportunities to vote where people just at the bottom of a ballot, most people at the bottom of the ballot, were just checking a name and weren't act actually show uh, actually sure who they were voting for or what the soil and water conservation director within the Thomas Jefferson district actually does. For all intensive purposes, Bryce and Spillman got the most turnout, the greatest voter turnout, the most engagement of any race, and that was to be expected. I want to break down each, each race you see on screen, including what I think is probably the biggest surprise of last night, the margin of victory in Ann Malik, Brad Rickle, and the Whitehall District. For most of the evening, Brad Rickle was beating Ann Malik. One of the things that you saw was the power of early voting, mail-in voting. As the early votes, the mail-in votes started getting counted, Malik passed Rickle. At the polls, voting on election day, Rickle for the entire evening, for most of the evening, most of the day, had a fairly significant lead. The early votes, the mail-in votes, pushed Malik to a 5.47% margin of victory. Joanne McDermott and, 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 and Rebecca Berlin also embodied the value proposition of the early vote, the mail-in vote. Clearly, the early vote was dominated by Democrats in this particular election. Let's first talk Spillman and Bryce. Arguably the most <coughs> followed race at the school board level, hear me out on this, was Spillman and, Bur and Bryce <coughs> the most followed school board race in America? Definitely the most followed school board race in the Commonwealth of Virginia. You can make a very convincing argument that Spillman and Bryce was the most followed race at the school board level <coughs> in American elections last night. 30, call it 39,000 people voted in this election. 39,000 people voted in one school board race. 39,000. Final vote, you give props to Allison Spillman. Allison, you dominated. Allison Spillman, you won by 24%. Allison Spillman, this was not a close race. <clears throat> you dominated with fundraising. Yes, Sonia Smith gave you that edge, but still you dominated with fundraising. Allison Spillman, you dominated in the most important metric of them all, and that's total votes. I don't see eye to eye with a lot of what Allison Spillman has done or has campaigned for, but you give props when props are due, and Allison Spillman put together a campaign that was far-reaching, multi-platformed, direct mail, YouTube ads, television ads, radio, door knocking, social media, fake websites. <laughs> Just got to throw that in there. Throw that in there for, uh, for Chris. Chris Seaman. Um, and your multi-pronged attack was 
effective, influential, and convincing. You understood political science. You understood the power of perception. Alison Spillman, you were able to use certain hot-button topics like the phrase book banning. You were able to appeal to teachers and, and staff of ACPS and position, and position collective bargaining and its upside to your advantage. Anyone who watches this program realizes that I'm a huge proponent of collective bargaining for ACPS. Charlottesville City Schools are going to have collective bargaining power, have collective bargaining power, have co collective bargaining power. And if Albemarle County Public Schools do not get the opportunity to unionize, they will lose some of its best talent. They'll go across an invisible jurisdictional line to Charlottesville for more perks, more compensation, and better upside, better quality of life in their work. If ACPS does not get unionized or does not get the power of collective bargaining, the quality of life and the upside for staff within ACPS will be far inferior to those of, uh, to their colleagues in a neighboring jurisdiction. Allison knew that and she appealed to the thousands of people that worked within ACPS. And the thousands of people is not just direct employees, people collecting a paycheck from ACPS. It's the folks that also live in their households, their partners, their wives, their husbands, their neighbors who hear from staffers who collect paychecks from ACPS about collective bargaining. Remember, you're not just counting the staff that works for ACPS. You're counting their partners and in their immediate sphere of influence. That's called politics. This is what I think Allison Spillman has done well. Her media agency, you looked at the money that she spent with this agency, every dime that she spent was well worth it. In the final 60 days, the Spillman brand was ubiquitous, it was everywhere. Tablets, laptops, smartphones, YouTube, local news, local radio, paper, direct mail, well-rounded. I think Spillman is going to be a force on the board and I think this is just the beginning for Spillman from a politics standpoint. I think you're going to see someone put in the work for four years on the school board. And I think this is an opportunity for her, a spring, a trampoline for her into, if she wants it, a political career. So props where props is due. Job well done on this campaign, Allison Spillman. Let's talk about Meg Bryce. You're talking a 9,600 and change vote disparity here. 
You're talking a, a, a margin of defeat of 24%. This was not a close race. It was not a close race. You look at what Glenn Youngkin did at the polls in Almaro County when he won his uh, race for governor. And Meg Bryce was able to get less than 1% additional voters in Almaro County when compared to what Glenn Youngkin did. I'll give you that stat again. Candidate Bryce got less than 1% of additional voters when compared to Glenn Youngkin. I think candidate Bryce did some things well. I think she galvanized her base to the tune of 14,815 votes. I bet you if you look, in fact, I'll put 100 bucks on this. If you take the at-large Almaro County School Board race and you look at the history of at-large races in Almaro County, this has got the greatest voter turnout in Almaro County history. And that is a feather in Bryce's cap. Any other at-large race in Almaro County's history, this is the greatest voter turnout in Almaro County history. And that is a feather in Dr. Bryce's cap. 14,815 voters on the Bryce side of the ledger. What will they do now? It's a boatload of people. Will we see this 14,815 voters make some changes themselves because of a sour taste left in their election mouth? Compounding that sour taste, Joanne McDermott, the independent, lost to Rebecca Berlin. I'll cut to the chase. Joanne McDermott, the conservative, lost to Rebecca Berlin, the liberal. Ellen Osborne, the liberal, won in the Scottsville district without competition. And Katrina Coulson's open seat, the chair of the school board, who's now heading to Richmond as a delegate, that open seat, the front runner for that spot, is clearly the chairwoman currently for the Amaro County Democratic Party. The Amaro County School Board is going to be even more democratic than it was on, I don't know, 20 hours ago? 20 hours ago, you had a school board that was offering friction and opposition to unionization and collective bargaining. That's no longer the case. Berlin, pro-union. Spillman, Pro-union. Osborne is going to get on board with pro-union. And the chairwoman of the Democratic Party currently, who's likely going to replace Katrina Coulson as she heads to Richmond, pro-union. You're looking at union with an ACPS. That collective bargaining and that unionization for the larger school district in Central Virginia is good, my opinion, for the school district, but is going to piss off parents in Almora. 
will we see a migration of ACPS students to homeschooling or private schooling in the upcoming school year? My prediction, you're going to see a significant uptick. I mentioned yesterday, I had, when the show started yesterday, 40 sets of parents reach out to me saying, if it goes Democrat across the board with the school board, we're pulling our kids out of public schools. During yesterday's show, two other sets of parents, we had the Woods, Chad Wood, saying he's pulling, and Mike and Keswick saying he's pulling. So that was 42 as of yesterday. I would not be surprised if that number... I hate to even put an estimate on it. But it's safe to say that number is going to increase. How is the migration of conservative, independent, or Republican families from public to private going to impact the schools moving forward? Fair question. That's a fair question. How is the brand new ideology, remember, four spots are changing here on the school board on January 1. Or should I take that back? Three spots, because Osborne in Scottsville is an incumbent. Judy Lee's an incumbent. So you got Whitehall, you got Coulson's, and you got the at-large seat. Three. This board's ideology is going to look very different. You'll have collective bargaining pushed, unionization. You'll have... Students who identify as um, opposite sex in schools when compared to a home setting, these students will have an opportunity to have conversations with teachers and administrators in schools, and these conversations will stay in the classrooms and the hallways and will not make it back to parents. You'll have... Dr. Matthew Haas, the superintendent, supported, if not invigorated, and his contract does not expire until what? We broke that news on on, uh, ilovesevil.com. Years from now, I'll get you the exact date as the page loads. I think this is going to cause a tangible migration that we will be able to track of independent, libertarian, conservative, even centered, and Republican families pulling children from ACPS this coming year. 
Dr. Haas's contract was scheduled to expire on June 30th of 2025. It got an extension on that. So we got years of Haas. I'll get to your comments here in a matter of moments. Vanessa, Carol Thorpe, Jason Howard, I'll get to your comments. Katie Pearl, I'll get to your comments. Kelly Jackson, I'll get to your comments. Every media outlet in town is watching the show as we speak. Twitter, I'll get to your comments. Direct message, I'll get to your comments. It was a resounding and dominating victory for Democrats, not just in central Virginia, not just in Albemarle, not just in the city of Charlottesville. Cree Deeds crushed Philip Hamilton. Hamilton's now taken two losses. Lawfer won convincingly against Steve Harvey. David Toscano, friend of the program, sent an email before the show starts on quick takes on the 2023 election. He said, in Virginia's election, Governor Glenn Youngkin and the Republicans took a calculated risk. He said, Jerry, for the last two years, no major legislative push was made to pass abortion restrictions similar to those enacted in other southern states. More recently, Yunkin advanced when he referred to as a reasonable compromise of prohibiting abortion after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Toscano writes, voters did not buy it, while the governor occasionally mentioned including exceptions in the case of rape and to save the, save the life of the mother, his proposal was viewed as a ban. Toscano writes, the Democrats seized the issue and airwaves were saturated with ads about possible bans. And the election now leaves Democrats with control of both, both houses of the General Assembly. Both houses. And, and, and Toscano closes with, and Yunkin's presidential ambitions in ruins. Remember, Virginia was a bellwether state. If things went a certain way within the state Senate, within the House, a lot of folks were pushing Yunkin as a presidential candidate. And, and say what you want about Glenn Youngkin. Say what you want about Glenn Youngkin. I would say Youngkin's, um, Youngkin's approval rating after last night was not what it was on election night when he won. When Youngkin won in a surprising victory against Terry McAuliffe, people were saying the guy's presidential. After last night, Bellwether, Virginia, is showing that Yunkin's not presidential after all. And in the Commonwealth, you can serve as one term for governor. <coughs> so after this term is over, what happens to Mr. Yunkin? Maybe a state, maybe a U.S. senator run? It's not a presidential run. And I want you to unpack that. If Yunkin is not presidential, if the Bellwether, Virginia, says this guy's not meant for the White House, and Virginia is a Bellwether state, you know who, who your shortlist conservative candidate is, right? You do know that, right? It's Donald Trump.
One of the candidates from last night, Brittany Gray, watching the program. She ran for school board in Fluvanna. The biggest surprise of last night was the margin of victory in the Whitehall district between Ann Malik and Brad Rickle. Brad Rickle loses by 5.47%. Malik, 4,415 votes. Brad Rickle, 3,956. A margin of victory for Malik of 5.47%. For much of election day and much of election night, Brad Rickle was winning. He had a watch party at Pro Renata, Brad Rickle. I love Pro Renata, by the way. He had a watch party at Pro Renata. For much of the evening, I would imagine the mood in the watch party for Brad Rickle was one of upbeat and positive, and we have a shot here. We're winning. We're in the front runner seat. And then the early, early voting numbers, the mail-in votes, started to get counted. And when the early voting numbers and the mail-in votes started to get counted, Malik, who left her watch party early, she left her watch party early and Malik. <coughs> because it was so stressful, it was so long, it was so... I mean... Almarrow County, how it was counting votes last night? How many of you guys were sitting at home on your phones hitting refresh and refresh and refresh and wondering aloud, why the hell do we not have any updates whatsoever? Why is it 8 o'clock and we're not seeing any results in any Almarrow County election? It led me, led me to believe that Almarrow County was counting votes and, mail, and, 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 and getting them into the... Uh, and, into, uh, any kind of announcement situation by carrier pigeon. I was on my phone the whole evening hitting refresh, 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 and it said zero votes, zero votes, zero votes across the election. And I'm like, are they counting and registering votes by carrier pigeon? Were you in that position, voters? Were you in that position last night? Were you feeling like me? The mail-in early vote was dominated by Democrats. Dominated. Lepisto currently beats TJ Fadley <coughs> by 22%. Rebecca Berlin meets Joanne McDermott by 8%. An 8% margin of victory is a huge margin of victory. You can even make a legitimate argument and Malik beating Brad Rickle by 5.47% is a large margin of victory. I mean, you're talking a margin of victory of 460-some votes, which is like 12 or 13% of, of Rickle's total count. You can make a legitimate argument there was not a single race that was close last night. Not a single one. You can make a legitimate argument that when Glenn Youngkin won the governor's mansion and after last night, what was clearly a commonwealth that was purple is now very blue.
Very, very blue. And then you've got to ask your questions, and I'm going to weave you here in a matter of moments to get some of your takes, Judah Wickhauer. And I will highlight this. Us starting the show late and not having all the channels connected, not on Judah Wickhauer's shoulders. It's the proprietary software we use, not connecting with, I mean, how many, what do we got, like four different soft, we got four softwares we're aggregating with 10 different social media platforms? Yeah, something like that. And eight on Judah. <clears throat> Cause and effect. Last night on schools. Here it is. Almore County Public Schools. Union and collective bargaining a reality. That's going to happen. You got beef with collective bargaining and unions. Too bad. That's happening. That's happening. Two, you're going to have a superintendent that's emboldened and empowered even more. That's going to happen. Three, you're going to see conservative, centered, libertarian, independent, Republican households, a portion of them, pull from public schools their children, and insert into a homeschool or private school setting, that's going to happen. We got 42 that we know of, and that's without even trying, that's just people reaching out to us. You will have students that identify as the opposite sex in schools, and students who have those conversations with folks that work within schools, having those conversations stay within schools, and not get back to parents at home. That's going to happen. You will have a book and textbook and curriculum with an ACPS that will get more... How do I characterize this? How would I characterize this? Relaxed, open-minded, some would use the word inclusive. When it comes to history and sexuality, <coughs> that's going to happen. Now, what's the impact this is going to have on housing? John Blair, I'll get to your comment. Deep Throat, I'll get to your comment. Warrior AG, I'll get to your comment. Housing, you're going to have the status quo. Lepisto currently and Ann Malik won. Lepisto currently and Ann Malik will team with Ned Galloway, Jim Andrews, and Diantha McNeil, McKeel to box out Michael Pruitt. Michael Pruitt ran unopposed in the Scottsville district and congratulations on your engagement 
Supervisor uh, Elect Pruitt, this has been quite a weekend for you with an engagement and a, a, a victory. I think you got upside politically. Supervisor Pruitt, Scottsville District, is open-minded to expanding the 5% developmental area to create more housing stock, to breed affordability by increasing the supply. He's on a board of six people. The folks that are on the board with them, Ann Malik, who's about to go 20 straight years as a supervisor. B. Lapisto Kirtley is about to be in her, when this term is done, eight years as board of supervisor. Diantha McKeel, how many for you, Diantha? Let me check. Diantha McKeel, going to a little Civilpedia. She was a supervisor in 2013, 2017, 2021. So she's one, two, three. Jesus, term limits. Diantha McKeel, I got no beef with. I got no beef with the candidates that keep running and running and running and running because it's not up to them to implement or install term limits. They're just choosing to do civic duty and they enjoy doing it. Diantha McKeel first got elected to the board in 2013. She got reelected in 2017 and then reelected in 2021. So Diantha McKeel, when her current term is up, will be on the board for 12 straight years. B. Lapisto Kirtley just got elected to a second term. She will be on the board for eight straight years. Ann Malik just got elected to a fifth term. So she's going to be on the board for 20 straight years. 20 years for Ann Malik on the Amboy County Board of Supervisors. Ned Galloway, two terms for Galloway. Jim Andrews is in his first term. Andrews, Galloway, McKeel, Malik, and Lapisto Kirtley aren't going to create any more housing. That 5% developmental area is not going to be expanded. Supervisor Pruitt will be outvoted every day, all day, and twice on Sunday, five to one. There's gonna have no impact on housing, no additional stock, no additional supply, no additional supply to breed affordability. That ain't gonna happen. Economy, how are the economy, how's the economy gonna get uh, impacted? We'll cut to the chase. Almoral County has the University of Virginia. The economy in Almoral County, you can put, who are six people that are synonymous with like Larry, Moe, and Curly? Hmm. You're on a two shot. You can put, you can put, you can put uh, Greg, Peter, and Bobby, Marsha, Jan, and Cindy. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> on the Amaro County Board of Supervisors and the economy will still uptick multiple percentage points every single year because of UVA. Yeah. You can put Larry, Curly, and Moe and Larry, Curly, and Moe's third cousins on the board and the economy is going to still uptick percentage points every year because of the University of Virginia. Taxes. What's the impact of last night from a taxa standpoint? You heard it here. You heard it here. 
You're hurting here. Your taxes are going to go up. Jerry, why, why are the taxes going to go up? What do you mean the taxes are going to go up? How are the taxes going to go up, Jerry? We've got inflation and we've got supply chain issues and we've got the highest credit card debt in American history and our used cars are still assessed at ridiculous amounts of money. Why are taxes going to go up? You want to know why taxes are going to go up? Because as soon as collective bargaining and unionization is approved for ACPS, everyone that works for Almaro County Public Schools is going to have better compensation, better health care, and more perks. And you know what better compensation, more health care, and more perks comes out of? The yearly budget. And right now, 60% of Almaro County's budget is schools. It's like 260-some million dollars. I think it's 263 million to be exact. Almaro County Public Schools out of the budget. When you take all the employees, bus drivers, janitors, substitute teachers, teachers' aides, secretaries, vice principals, principals, teachers, groundskeepers, you give them all more compensation, better health care, and more perks, you will pay more taxes. Mark it down. Mark it down. Everything I'm telling you is fact. Taxes will go up. I just gave you a snapshot on the impact of last night's elections in Almaro County on housing, the economy, taxes, and schools. I gave you a snapshot on collective bargaining and unionization. I gave you a snapshot on curriculum. I gave you a snapshot on, on uh, sexual identification and how it pertains to conversations with teachers and ACPS staff and how those conversations will be relayed to parents at home. I gave you a, staff, a snapshot on uh, curriculum from an uh, independence of reading and, and, and what will be taught in classrooms. I gave you a snapshot on how this is going to pertain to Superintendent Matthew Haas, who I think will be an emboldened and empowered to levels we've never seen before. I want to get to your comments in T minus two or three minutes. Before I do, we need to hear from the astute reason and intelligent Judah Wickhauer. The show is yours. Uh, I mean, I don't think anybody's really surprised by the outcomes last night. Um, I mean, this is Charlottesville and Albemarle. Uh, it may be disappointing for some of us, but um, I don't think the uh, I don't think the liberal portion of our population really wants a discourse. Uh, if you look at uh, if you look at what what happens to anyone who's not uh, <clears throat> who's not in their camp, um, I think we see a lot of labeling of uh, extremist of anyone that uh, that disagrees with with their point of view. Um, so maybe uh, maybe what. 75% of uh, Charlottesville and Albemarle are going to be happy with higher taxes. Maybe this is what they want. Anything else you want to offer, my friend? Mm, you know, I, I... I think I just want to... <clears throat> I want to shout out to, uh, to all those that ran and lost. Um... It's not an easy thing to do to put yourself out there, and uh, I and, a sh and I'm sure a lot of other people appreciate them 
putting themselves out there and at least making the attempt. We'll get to comments. Thank you very much, Judah. Keep it on a two shot. We'll go to Deep Throat. Deep Throat on Twitter. I can absolutely understand that pulling your kids out of public schools will be of tremendous benefit to your kids. Honestly, if your kid has any intrinsic motivation in even a slightly above average brain, he or she will learn 2x just relying on books and the internet. But from a political perspective, you are just putting more money into the mouth of the resource-devouring, brain-rotting monster. Even if all the people who pull their kids out start voting for candidates who want to cut the school budget, look, we can see that the overwhelming majority of Almore County voter will continue to vote for the status quo. That's Deep Throat on Twitter and DM. He also says the only case I, I can agree. think of where pulling, pull, pulling, where people bailing out of public schools leads to actual attacks on their budgets is when acidic people take over a community like you see in some upstate New York communities. They mm -hmm. vote in a block, take over a town council, and slash budget of the schools they don't use. That requires a coordinated effort of an extremely organized and monolithic community. Hmm. In regards to housing, Almoral County wins doing nothing, relying on Charlottesville City to turn itself into Northern Virginia poop hole to accommodate growth. If you believe the region is going to grow. And then he closes with all the dwarves with Sleepy left in bed. I like it. That's Deep Throat on Twitter. We'll go to Facebook. Vanessa Parkhill says, well said, deep throat. She's watching in Earliesville. Mm -hmm. Vanessa Parkhill says, I would like to see the data that tells us how union-represented teachers produce better results for students. <laughs> Vanessa Parkhill says, I expect union representation leads to higher pay and therefore possibly more satisfied teachers. But we all know there's often more to job satisfaction than the paycheck. Respect in the workplace for one from students, parents, and administrators is lacking throughout public education. How much cash will it take to make it worthwhile? <laughs> Jennifer Nunley Hux says this. This is from Jennifer Nunley Hux. How come the last time I looked late this morning, there was one precinct that still had not reported their numbers results for the Whitehall District? This is not mentioned, has not been mentioned anywhere I've seen in the media. Um, Jennifer, did you look in the, uh, did you look on VPAP, VPAP.org, which I'm looking at right now, five of five precincts have reported zero early votes left. I'd encourage you to consider the VPAP website. That's the one. And all precincts have reported. James Watson says parents can volunteer in any city or council school if they wish. I encourage it. They can also put their name in the hat to run for school board. A lot of how kids do in school has a lot to do with parent input and involvement regardless of much of the other stuff. Hmm. I agree with that, James. I will say, I agree 100% with James's comment. I will say this. After watching the Allison Spillman and Dr. Meg Bryce competition and contest play out, you saw two polar opposite women raise over $300,000 in total campaign financing. They were smearing 
either their campaigns or those associated with their campaigns. They were in the spotlight for months. Stress is an understatement. Quality of life suffered. Undoubtedly, it made its way back to the household with their partners and perhaps their children. I would say how the Spillman and Bryce contest or campaign played out from start to finish is not encouraging of other people running for these positions. Was there smears on both sides? I saw smears from Spillman and campaign material. I didn't I did not did not see smears in campaign material from Bryce towards Spillman. However, mm. on behalf of Bryce, whether she approved it or not, Simon Davidson of Charlottesville 29 wrote multiple columns in the Daily Progress mm. smearing Spillman. Okay. He's an attorney. He works for Dominion. He runs the Charlottesville 29 blog. Multiple columns wrote in, written in support of Bryce. Whether she approved it or not, I don't have that answer. That's but fair. there's columns in the local newspaper smearing Spillman. That's fair. That race and how it played out is not going to encourage people to run no. for politics. Definitely not. You have to raise well boatload of money. Well, we know that not every every school board race is going to be like this. Uh, I think the uh, the amount of money raised was a direct um, a, a direct uh, result of of both sides, um, and in this case, the uh, obviously intense. Uh, the intense uh, antipathy they had for each other, or at least uh, their extreme, extremely different ideas about... I would say they hated each other. They were polar opposites, and as the race matured, they hated each other. Yeah, but it wasn't just about that. I mean, it's not like they were the ones giving the money. There were definitely people involved that... uh, I, I think this was just a... I think we don't see the the type of ideological um, um, arguments that uh, that showed up in this race very often. Um, probably because most most people um, who are coming from the direction that uh, that Meg Bryce was uh, know that uh, it's probably a lost cause. And as you said, don't uh, wouldn't even bother to run. tough question for you. Here's a tough question. Really tough question. Tough question for you viewers and listeners. John Blair, your comment's coming next. If it was a man or woman running for school, let's just say this. You have a candidate running with the exact same ideology, the exact same platform, the exact same age, the exact same sex, the exact same race as Dr. Bryce. But she was not Justice Scalia's daughter. 
would that have changed the outcome of the race? And secondly, would it have made the race closer? Tough question. Viewers and listeners, that's a tough question for you too. I would, you clone Dr. Bryce. But, but she's not the daughter of uh, Judge Scalia and Bryce. I mean, Judge Scalia. Um, I, I, think it would have, I think that it would have been an effect. I don't know that it would have been, I don't know that it would have been a, enough to, to turn the race around. I agree with that. I think the margin of victory and the margin of victory was substantial. I mean, it was not close. I think a 24% margin of victory is not 24%, but Spillman still wins. And I think if, uh, if you cloned Allison Spillman and pitted the two of them against each other, I think the, uh, the amount in, uh, oh, I- in donations would have, been, would have been less than a tenth of what it was. So you're saying if you clone Spillman? I'm saying if uh, I'm saying if it had been two if it had been two liberals going at it in this race, the uh, the amount of donations would have been a pittance. Oh, if it, if if it was two Democrats running for the at-large seat in Amaro County School Board, no one would be talking about it. Yeah. No one would talk about it. Yeah. The only reason that this kind of money was thrown around was. Both sides, well, one side's desire to get in there and the other side's desire to completely shut the door. And you look at the, like a scouting report, like I'm a sports guy. Anyone who knows me knows I'm extremely passionate about sports. You look like at a, like a scouting report or a, or a, like a write-up of an athlete. Mm-hmm. I'll, take, I'll create a scouting report on Spillman. Here's Spillman's scouting report. Mother of five, all in public schools. She herself highlighted this, so I feel it's, I, I can highlight it. One of her children, transgender, formerly Spillman, managing a PTO, parent-teacher organization, that mm-hmm. had a yearly budget well over $300,000. She's got corporate experience. She had the lobbying group that backs the teachers and staff within ACPS forward Almoro pushing her. She had the kingmaker, Sonia Smith, backing her. She looks the part. She talks the part. And let's cut to the chase. Most importantly, she lives in Almoro County, which is clearly as blue as you're going to find. You put a, a scouting report for a candidate to win, mm-hmm. you're, you're building something that is probably Allison Spillman for all the things that I just identified. Yeah. Dr. Karen Wolf says, we should not be talking political parties when discussing our children's education. So sad that even our kids are now political pawns. Yeah, true. I I agree, but that's the world we live in. Mm. Someone said to me the other day, we shouldn't be talking about the Rivanna River from a monetization standpoint. It should just be a river, an amenity that the community gets to use as they see fit. And I said, that's great, but that's not the real world. 
Chad Wood said it was bought and paid for by Sonia Smith. Oh, I promised John we would go to him. John Blair says there have been 37 elections. This is from John Blair. John's a political pundit. He knows politics. On LinkedIn, there have been 37 elections for the Board of Supervisors in Almaro County since 2003. Republicans have won seven of those. However, they have not won a board of, uh, board of Supervisor election since 2011. I'll read that again. John Blair. There have been 37 elections for the Board of Supervisors in Almaro County since 2003. Republicans have won seven of those. However, they have not won a Board of Supervisors election since 2011. Judah, do you know the last Republican to win a spot on the Board of Supervisors? Uh, was it... Uh, oh... It's okay if you don't know. This is a tough question. It's been 12, 13 years. Viewers and listeners, put in the feed. I'll give props and mail you a sticker. If you can do it in the next 10 seconds, that way you're not looking it up on the internet. I'm going to give the answer in 10 seconds. The last Republican to win a spot on the Board of Supervisors in Almaro County. Nine, eight, seven. Check out that panel over there on the set. Six, five, four, three, two. One, anyone, anyone, the answer is Ken Boyd, Ken Boyd, your last Republican to win a spot on the Board of Supervisors in the Rio District, <coughs> Ken Boyd, I'm checking to see if anyone got that correct. And we have no correct answer. Ah! Carol Thorpe. Carol Thorpe, you know your stuff. Good job, Carol Thorpe. Queen of Jack Jewett. Ken Boy. Good job, Carol Thorpe. Vanessa Parkhill sells Dwayne Snow or Ken Boy. I give, uh, I give a... I give an A to Vanessa Parkhill as well. She had Dwayne Snow in there. I'll give the A-plus to Carol Thorpe for just saying straight up Ken Boy. Uh, Chad Wood, you were a little late on the 10 seconds, but I'll, I'll, I'll send Chad Wood. Send a direct message to Chad Wood from our account. We'll mail him a sticker. I believe mm -hmm. Vanessa Parkhill and, and the queen of Jack Jewett, um, Carol Thorpe, have already been mailed stickers from us at I Love Sevo. We're happy to mail you other stickers, ladies. Um, D, this is from John Blair. Jerry, here's some history for you. Beginning in 2001, with Mark Warner's election as governor, there have been 32 contested countrywide elections in Almaro County. President, governor, U.S. Senate, sheriff, Commonwealth attorney, and the at-large school board seat. Republicans have won four of those elections. Robert Tracy in 2015, Bob McDonald in 2009, Chip Harding in 2007, and Ed Robb in 2003. That is so good. John, this is so good. I'm going to read John's comment again. You'll appreciate this, Judah. Jerry, here is some history for you. Beginning in 2001 with Mark Warner's election as governor, there have been 32 contested countrywide elections in Almaro County. Those elections were President, Governor, U.S. Senate, 
sheriff, commonwealth's attorney, and the at-large school board seat. Republicans have won four of the 32 contestant elections. Robert Tracy, commonwealth's attorney. Bob McDonnell, that was Bob as governor. Chip Harding, sheriff. And Ed Robb in, 20, in 2003. What was Ed Robb, John? What was Ed Robb? You give me Ed Robb? Carol Thorpe, give me Ed Robb in 2003. I was uh, boozing at Coupe de Ville's in 2003 as an undergrad at UVA. <laughs> Literally. Uh, sheriff, was he a sheriff? What, I, what, is the, uh, what is the HOS re-election there, Carol Thorpe? I would like to read your comment, but give me a little more clarity. That's why I did not read it. I wasn't sure what you meant by that comment. And Carol Thorpe confirms he was sheriff. Thank you, Carol. Carol, you know your politics. Kevin Yancey also says sheriff. McChesney says Ed Robb was state senator. Logan Wells Claylo says sheriff. I figured it was sheriff. The sheriff can go conservative in these parts. I got a lot of comments I need to get to on my personal Facebook page. Jason Howard on Rio Road. According to the state election website, 47% of registered voters in Almaro voted yesterday. How does that compare to previous years? I don't have that data offhand. I'm not sure of that. Maybe you can find that. 47% of registered voters in Almaro County last year. How does that compare to previous years? Maybe Deep Throat has that data. Chad Wood says, just put a D by your na name and you will win in this county. <coughs> and that just continues to move this county backwards. And he said it was a sad night for children. Kelly Postel Jackson, love Kelly Jackson. Kelly Jackson is A-plus people. She says, I, I am so glad I have one in private school and my oldest only has one year left in public school. I will not be sending my youngest to public unless the school board changes. That's Kelly Jackson. She also says, I would rather lose with dignity, dignity than win by spreading misinformation and bullying. Kelly yeah. Jackson. Have to agree. Kate Sharts, the queen of Ivy. KJ, you're welcome anytime on this program, KJ. Kate Sharks, the Queen of Ivy, says there's nowhere else I'd want to live than Charlottesville, Virginia, Kate Sharks says. However, it is discouraging, Kate Sharks says, to be a conservative in a liberal area. We are choosing to keep our kids in public school, Kate Sharks says, because we can shelter them forever. Or we are choosing to keep our kids in public schools because we cannot, we cannot shelter them forever. We will teach them at home, and hopefully they can stay strong with their beliefs as they grow up. Respect, Kate Charts. I'm going to respond to that comment by saying respect. She's a mother of four. Four fantastic kids, I'll say. I know, I know her four kids. Four fantastic kids. Uh, I like the moxie and chutzpah of your uh, second child. She cracks me up. Um, Georgia Gilmer, 
What about families who don't agree with the current board and don't like what is happening but have limited resources to send their children somewhere else and cannot homeschool them? That is sad. Yes, it is. You want to touch on that, Judah? You nodded your head in concurment. I mean, I don't know all the arguments for and against things like school vouchers, but I think that's definitely one argument for it. Uh, Give parents and their children a chance to uh, decide where they want their kids to go, regardless of of, uh, how regardless of the uh, their, the family income. Gee, uh, Wickhauer going the school voucher route. Well, I mean, it's... That's going to fire up the meme accounts over there. I mean, people talk about choice. I think that's a, that's a choice, and, it, uh, and having something like vouchers, again, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, the arguments for or against, but it seems to me that that's a good way to uh, give people their choice. If, uh, if public schools just aren't uh, living up to their expectations. Katie Pearl watching the program, KTP, as we fondly refer her to on this show. I was up late last night looking at properties in other states. If you are a moderate and are conservative, it is very hard to live here. Wow. KTP. Thank you for your comment. Did you hear? Yeah. Sarah Hill Buchensky, a lot of respect for SHB. SHBs and KTP, big time uh, respected commenters on this talk show. SHB says, Katie Pearl, you don't even have to go that far. Rockingham County and Goochland County both went more conservative yesterday. Hmm. Brittany Gray says, Fluvanna went conservative as well. Interesting. I want to... I didn't follow the flu banner races that much, Brittany. Did, did she pull the dubs? Can you look? Did what now? Let me see flu banner. Going to Fluvanna races. Ah, oh, damn, Brittany, that was a tight race for you. James Kelly in the Palmyra district of Fluvanna County school board race. James Kelly got 425 votes. Brittany Gray, who's watching and commenting on the show, got 409. We have a difference of 16 votes. Wow in the Palmyra Palmyra District of Fluvanna County for the school board. James Kelly, 425. Brittany Gray, 409. Brittany's watching the program right now. Thank you for running, Brittany. What was the comment that you wrote about Toscano, uh, Carol Thorpe? Oh, okay, here it is. I got it. Uh, I concur with Mr. Toscano's comments, except for two points. Carol says, first, it is much more precise to say that the Democrats fear-mongered the 15-week restriction as a ban 
It's funny how many Democrats preach that America should aspire to become more like Europe, yet the 15-week restriction is fairly standard even there. Second, while I'm not a great fan of Governor Yunkin, I think it's presumptuous and foolish for anyone to project now whether or not he will be a viable candidate in 2028. Viable candidate in 2028, fair. I was talking about Yunkin's not going to be a candidate in 2024, though, for president. Yunkin could be a candidate in 2028. I would not be surprised if we see Yunkin get in the mix for a U.S. senator or, or a congressman of some capacity. Yunkin's upside is significant. And Thorpe also agrees with us. Let's not forget the root of all vitriol began with candidate Bryce's maiden name. Kevin Higgins. The question now is, how does the Republican Party pivot in this area to become relevant and attractive again? Is that even possible here? Seems to me a democratic tsunami is headed our way from state and national level. How would you rebrand the GOP? Man. <laughs> that's a, that's a tough question. Uh, I think the GOP... I think if the GOP does not figure out how to get younger with its membership, more youthful with its membership, it's got a long way to go. And it's got an uphill battle. Because whether you want to admit this or not, and this is not harsh words, these are just frank words, boomers are passing away and middle-aged millennials, young millennials, and Gen Zers are the voting block of now and the future. And middle-aged millennials and young millennials and Gen Zers are bitter and disenchanted and demoralized and depressed and angry with so much in this country. From no. the workload, that's expectation, from the affordability when it comes to housing, for student debt starting again, college debt starting again, college payments starting again, drowning and credit card debt, inflation and, 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 and political policy backfiring during their prime earning potential window. I mean, if you're a... If you're 22 to 40 years old right now, 22 years old to 40 years old, and you're entering your prime earning window, your opportunity to buy a house has never been more difficult in American history. If you're 22 to 40 right now, your expectation for work and the hours you have to work each week has never been more long from an hour's count than right now in American history. Your debt load is the highest it's been in American history. There's a lot of headwinds and a lot of things working against 22 to, 40 year old, 22 to 40 year olds right now. And that block or that socioeconomic demographic, 22 to 40, 
sees the GOP as if it was Lucifer. Yeah. In some cases, I think they're not wrong. I think the GOP really needs to work on both its message and its uh, the people that it chooses. I mean, if you think about it, a lot of what they're what they've done does come across that way. I think um, rolling back the uh, rolling back Roe versus Wade may have just been the, it, the purpose may have been to to put. Uh, to put control back into states' hands, but it really does come across as a uh, an authoritarian white man saying, "I control your body." That's messaging that uh, it's not gonna. I, I don't think they're gonna find a way around anytime soon. And I think the same is true for a lot of a lot of what they choose to do. Uh, it just comes across as very authoritarian and. Uh, yeah, the younger younger voters are not going to uh, are not going to go for that. Uh, Carly Wagner, she's got big time props on this show. She says, if you look at the precinct results, it's a mirror of the national results: blue in urban areas, conservative in rural rural areas. It's a fundamental difference in perception. Progressives think government is the solution. Conservatives think government is the problem. She suggests Carly Wagner banning the two parties, two-party system and the da- is the downfall of our republic, she says, as founding fathers warned. And she said, Carly Wagner, and yet they continue, and by, yet, by they, she's talking about middle-aged millennials. <coughs> and by middle-aged millennials, I believe the millennial demographic starts... The millennial category starts at 1980. I think you have the... Uh, yeah, I've got it. Let me see. I think see. it's 1980. What's the millennial go? Um, here it is. I believe it starts at 1980. Give us the breakdown for those that are streaming. Millennials. Look at the screen. Look at the screen, everyone. Millennials, 81 to 96. Okay, 81. So that's you, right? So those that got in at 81, 82, 83, maybe even 84... They got in before housing went absolutely bananas because 81, 82, 83, 84 were able to get in post-housing crash of 2008 when prices didn't go psychotic. Someone that's 85 to 96, that's that middle-aged millennial to young millennial. Put that back on screen if you could. Those were not, they didn't have the capital or the spending power to get into the housing market. Mm-hmm. I'll put it in perspective. My uh, brother-in-law is about to get married. Actually, not about. Gets married next year, my brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. He does extremely well financially. His uh, soon-to-be wife, she does well also. She's a nurse. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't bet that it's probably combined. They live in Connecticut, which is an extremely expensive area. I would bet combined they're right at, they're probably just past 200K. 200K combined. And we got a housing fund on their registry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And purchasing a home right now with the combined income, a young couple... Now, granted, this is Connecticut, an expensive state, 200K plus 
is proving to be extremely challenging. You want to put 20% down on a $430,000 home, the average? Now, with interest rates where they're at, you got to be making about 110000 bucks. The HUD income median for households in this area, HUD, Charlottesville metro area, household income median, $123,300. Yeah. Sarah Hill Buchensky, the, the precinct breakdown of results, very interesting. Joanne won for Union in Earliesville. Meg won Scottsville, Keswick, Stone Robinson, Monticello, and, Stone, and Stony Point. Dunlora, Mountain View, and University, and Georgetown were landslide victories for Spillman. Hmm. I, can, I know the Scottsville district voting block well. And in the Scottsville district, you have... Uh, Three voting blocks. You have the town of Scottsville, you have Glenmore, and you have Mill Creek. The town of Scottsville and Glenmore lean conservative. Mill Creek, which is on, in the urban ring adjacent to the city of Charlottesville, is overwhelmingly liberal. Someone can win the Scottsville district school board or the Board of Supervisors, by dominating Mill Creek and getting their tail kicked in Glenmore and the town of Scottsville. But because the density of voters in the Mill, Mill Creek uh, precinct is so great, it far surpasses town of Scottsville and Glenmore. Anything you want to add? Um. Janice Boyce Trevilian says the change in voting districts hurt Republicans. Vanessa Parkhill says there are younger moderates and conservatives out there. However, many young voters on both sides, frankly, are disenfranchised. It makes me sad. I believe this is in part a failing of our educational system. Heck, I'm disenfranchised. I mean, I feel a little bit disenfranchised as well. I just see the two parties as just being caricatures of their former selves. These yeah. two parties are like, the two parties right now remind me of when you go to a theme park and you ask the artist to paint a, paint a photo of your face and he gives you this cartoon profile or this cartoon version of yourself. Yeah. That's what the Democratic Party and the Republican Party are today. Yeah. I tend They're, to agree cartoons there's, of each other and there's no longer any disc well there's there's what happened to the ronald reagan and john f kennedy conservatives and liberals what happened to be what happened to the centers the folks right. in the center that just leaned slightly left or slightly right what happened to discourse what happened to talking about things and coming up with solutions together um Deep throat. If I were GOP, I'd move away from oldster issues like abortion and jump on things that Trump may have stumbled into. Raising wages, protect the environment, and improving housing affordability. 
by cutting immigration, Deep Throat says. Protect kids from student debt by making it dischargeable. Go after colleges and universities for gouging. Get yeah. rid of BA requirements for most government jobs. Attack monopolies. Big business is no friend to GOP, nor to average people, so go after them hard. Yeah. I would agree. With most Ginny of that. Ginny Hu. Ginny Hu says, I appreciate John Blair sharing the trivia, but man, that's depressing. Ginny Hu, I agree with Georgia Gilmer. I am sad for families who don't agree with the system and feel they have no other choice. Ginny Hu, can we talk about UVA encouraging students to vote here? When I was in school, I always got an absentee ballot from my hometown. Our eldest who is in college does the same. Ginny Hu, no, that's the fault of public school systems no longer teaching the Constitution. If people actually understood it, they would know that power taken from the federal government and returned to the states is always a good thing. Even better if power is returned to the local level. Mm -hmm. Albert Graves, the smears were one way. And Spillman not Sadly. once chastised her supporters for defacing her opponent's signs. <coughs> Albert Graves. <coughs> one correction on that. Uh, and I learned this from Gordy Fairborn. Gordy Fairborn. Someone tell Gordy Fairborn. Western Almaro tennis and squash player. Gordy Fairborn's a senior at Western. He sent me a text message about this. Uh, Alison Spillman, in a Daily Progress article, did condemn people defacing Dr. Bryce's signs. Hmm. A senior in high school sent me that text message. I don't correspond with seniors in high school often. The only reason I do is because we play squash and he routinely kicks my butt. And by routinely, I mean every time. Every time. He's fantastic. He's way better than me. Um, and then Albert Graves says, the future of Crozet with Anne in charge. Um, and he points to maps with circles around it. Albert Graves, I appreciate you watching the show. All right. It's uh, 2 o'clock here. I'll close with this. Vanessa Parkhill says this. From Governor Ronald Reagan and his inaugural address in 1967, Ronald Reagan said, perhaps you and I have lived too long with this miracle to properly be appreciative. Freedom is a fragile thing, and it's never more than one generation away from extinction. It is not ours by way of inheritance. It must be fought for and defended constantly by each generation, for it comes only once to people. And those in world history who have known freedom and then lost it have never known it again. Hmm. Ronald Reagan in his inaugural address in 1967 as a governor. I talked about this yesterday with some friends. I am the son of a Cuban immigrant. My mom and her parents fled Cuba because of fear of a dictator a militant dictator in Fidel Castro. And Fidel Castro rose to power by, for lack of better phrase, killing his opposition. And his opposition was characterized on the battlefield. His opposition was characterized in a dictator versus democracy setting. 
his opposition was characterized by anyone basically who disagreed with what Fidel Castro had to say. Yeah. Why voting is so important to me, why, why I was proud to take our boys, my wife realizes how important it is to me, why it means so much to our family, my brother, is we realize our mom had to leave her country. She had to leave her friends, her toys, her school, her parents, Mima and Poppy, my grandparents, had to leave an upper middle class life. They came to Miami on a barge. They went to Miami where they couch surfed, where mom was put into an English speaking school without being able to speak English, where Poppy became a ditch digger and my, ma my Mima a hotel maid. And they left Cuba for Miami and then Naples, Florida for one word. And you know what that word is? Freedom. 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 Don't ever take it for granted. Don't ever take it for granted. It's the Wednesday edition of the I Love Seville show. For Judah Wickhauer, my name is Jerry Miller.